888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Hello and welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com. We're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. In today's interview, which is episode 307, I'm on the line with Aaron Autumn, the author of More Than Just Making It, Hope for the Heart of the Financially Frustrated, and the founder of The Humbled Homemaker, a blog dedicated to grace-filled living, designed to equip and encourage mothers in the trenches. Her southern charm and wealth of inspiration, practical, inspirational, practical content has drawn an audience of millions over the years. Erin and her husband, Will, live in the south where they raise their four children. Now, she was able to do something that I get asked about all the time. She built her blog at a time where she had zero money to invest. Zero money. But that didn't stop her. She blogged, networked, DIYed, and bartered her way to bringing her family out of poverty. So growing a blog with no budget, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Erin, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, and I'm so excited to be on your show, Leslie. Well, I am like super excited uh, uh, to have you on this show because this topic is one that I know will resonate with a lot of people. So I'm, I'm kind of putting putting some high expectations on you for this <laughs> I know oh, no. <laughs> I know I know I know this this is going to be a great interview I'm I'm very excited about this I want to actually take people back I want to take them to the beginning of this story Now how long how long have you been blogging I've been blogging for six and a half years, since 2011. 2011. Okay, can you paint a picture for me of where you were before you started this blog? What was your situation like? So our family was living on a low income. We had um, moved for some, we were having some family struggles and wanted to live near my parents in North Carolina. So we had a home in Mississippi that um, was underwater and not selling. We were right in the middle of the recession, um, coming out of the recession when I started the blog, but our family was still living on a low income. My husband was a high school teacher in a state that does not pay teachers well at all. We had a toddler and a newborn, and we were barely making ends meet. Um, my husband and I were both working odd jobs. I was trying to stay at home with the kids, but I have a journalism degree, so I was freelancing for several local newspapers. I was tutoring public school children, teaching home school children Spanish and my husband was teaching Saturday school after school summer school an extra class during his planning period and we still couldn't make ends meet we were living on government aid we had WIC we had Medicaid for the kids and then um not long after I started my blog, I ended up getting pregnant with my third child, which oh. was a great surprise blessing from God yep. and um, had Medicaid, you know, with that pregnancy. And we just, we thought we were doing everything we could, but we still couldn't make ends meet. And we had this looming mortgage over us and the tunnel just felt really dark. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So during that time, I don't know where I was, like what age I was living in, like at the dark ages, because I didn't really know about this thing called blogging. (laughs) 
And I had only maybe read like one or two blogs. And it was really neat because during the same time period, it was about a week, um, my editor at the newspaper and my best friend from college, they both told me in two separate conversations, hey, Erin, did you know that there are stay-at-home moms who are making an income blogging? Okay, wait, wait, wait. before we actually get into the blogging thing, I, I want to... I, I really want to identify, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm listening to all the stuff that you're saying that you were doing, all of the odd jobs, and I'm thinking to myself, man, what in the world does your schedule look like? We have two kids right now, and having two kids, it, it's kind of hectic. So what, how did you kind of structure your day back then? Mm-hmm. So um, I worked a lot <laughs> at night. A lot in the middle of the night, which is sad, but it was uh, necessary during that time. It's sad because I think it did affect my health down the line, but um, you can do anything temporarily. So I I worked a lot at night. I worked some in the morning. I worked during nap time because my kids were a toddler and a baby, so they were still taking – you know, more than one nap a day. And then also my parents live locally. So when I was doing the odd jobs that I actually had to travel to the teaching and the tutoring, my mom would keep the kids during that time. When would you sleep? I didn't hear that part in there. So (laughs) when will you do that thing? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot, which, um, you know, when you're first starting a business, any kind of business, you do have to make sacrifices. And that was one of them. Um, would I have done it differently? You know, I don't know if I had a choice back then. Mm. We were living on barely anything. And I would say, you know, to your listeners, if you do have a choice, don't sacrifice your rest. Mm -hmm. And I would also say when you get to the point where we'll later talk about hiring people to help you and all that, then you definitely don't need to be working all hours of the night or you'll go crazy and you'll burn out and it won't be good for you or your business. But at the time I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of rest. So, so you, okay. So two of your friends tell you about this whole stay at home mom blogging thing. And what did you think about it when you first heard about it? I was excited, but I was skeptical So I thought that would be so awesome, but how in the world do do they do that? And I thought surely they wouldn't be making as much as I was making freelancing at the newspaper. Mm. You know, I had no no clue. Um, And I didn't know how to go about it. So I just started looking at different blogs and I was scared to tell anyone that that's what Mm. I was doing. So for the first six months, I... I didn't even tell anyone that I had started a blog except for my husband. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that I was hopeful that we could be able to turn it into an income generator, but it was too big to even dream that is what I thought at the time. And, and when were you, when were you finding this time to do that research and start the blog? Because you're working at night and in the morning, you're taking care of the kids, you're hardly sleeping. When did you, did you have like set times where you said, okay, this is when I'm going to spend some time doing this blogging thing? I did it whenever I didn't have a newspaper article to work <laughs> on or when those newspaper articles were finished. <laughs> So a lot of it was at night. A lot of it was when the kids were sleeping. And so a lot of it, to be completely transparent, was when the kids were playing on the floor, you mm. know, at my feet. And I was sitting on the couch with my laptop and just really racking my brain on how do I do this? How can I turn this into an income generator for my family? We honest, we felt really desperate at the time. 
I'm curious about what your husband is thinking at this time because your <laughs> friends tell you about this blogging thing um, and maybe you, you, you went to him and you told him about the blogging thing. What did he think about it? So it's funny, Leslie. At first he said, I'm going to believe it when I see it. And he, <laughs> he wasn't trying to be discouraging. And it's funny because I think a lot of husbands, I don't know about wives, but a lot of husbands kind of say that when their wife first starts. And, um, you know, he also knows my personality. I don't know if you're familiar with the Myers-Briggs, but I'm an ENFP and we have a tendency to start things and not finish because we get very easily bored. Like that's my personality type. Mm -hmm. So he had seen me pick up other hobbies that I started and quit, or even things that I thought could be income generators, like starting, you know, an Etsy store when I don't even know how to sew. And I, you know, I thought I was going to do stuff like that. So he said, okay, well, let's just see. So at first he was, okay, well, this is, this is your hobby. And then it turned into, this is taking so much time and you're not making a lot of money. Mm. I think you need to quit. So there was a while, a period where there was some tension and then, and I said, oh, just, just wait, just wait. I'm going to show you. And then it got <laughs> to a period, Leslie, where I was getting burnout. And I said, I want to quit. And he said, oh, no, you can't quit this. You can't quit. And then it transitioned to, granted, this is a six-year period, I'm saying, in, in like two seconds. But <laughs> now, you know, he quit his job teaching, and he and I work on the blog together. Oh, man. So that, yeah, so it, it like totally went a 180, and it's been a really neat process to watch him. And he is obviously 100% on board now, and he does so much in the background of the blog. Like right now we're getting we're, we're launching my book, you know, it just came out. And he has done so much of that that I could have never done without him. Oh, but man. it didn't start that way, you know. I'm trying to hold back my excitement because I'm, I'm, I'm really – okay, 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 calm down, Leslie. Qu question. Okay. When you decided to start this blog, was was it the Humble Homemaker at that point? It was the Humbled Homemaker. And this is why I chose the name. You know, at the time I was super overwhelmed with, with homemaking, with motherhood, with life, you know, mm -hmm. and I felt like I was in this season of God really humbling me. So hmm. a lot of people have the mis, you know, I've gone back and forth of, should I have named my blog that? Because a lot of people have the misconception that it means I'm calling myself humble. And they say, how prideful you're calling yourself humble. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, no, I have been humbled. Hmm. And I think a lot of women feel that way. Like they get into like keeping their home and, you know, um, mothering and whatever it may be, adulthood <laughs> life. And they feel like, oh, wow, this is hard. And I don't know how to do it. So I started it with the premise of telling people, look, I'm just like you. I have been humbled, but together we can become stronger and we can learn how to do this whole homemaking and motherhood thing. Oh, man, I love this. Okay, so you're now, you, you decided to start this blog and it, it really was birthed out of your situation at the time and how you felt like God was humbling you and you wanted to share that with others and, and kind of like we're on this journey together, we can do it. Uh, what kind of content were you creating at the time? Was it, you know, articles? Did you have a podcast? Were you doing videos? What were you actually doing? I was writing mainly articles and what... Um what my readers have said, they go back to again and again, is that they have felt from a lot of blogs in my niche, and, and I have a healthy living slant to it too, they felt some guilt of they're not doing enough. And I wanted my readers to know from the get-go, there's no guilt, only mm. grace. Mm. 
And so I try to always give a mix of practical with heavy doses of grace and inspirational and heart. And I just, I wrote from the heart, but also practical things like how do we meal plan and how do we create a cleaning schedule? And, you know, what if my kid is always sick? Does that mean I've done something wrong? And so I try to create content around really things that I was struggling with. Now, over time, my avatar has changed and she is now me from five years ago. Mm. So, um, you know, I've, I've grown in those areas. I think it would be a bad reflection on me if I were writing to, um, if I were writing and living out the same message at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense. And haven't mm-hmm. grown any. It would be really bad if I had not grown any as a person. And I can look back now and say, there is grace for you if this is where you are as an overwhelmed wife and mom and homemaker. But I can tell you there's hope because I've lived it and I'm um, right here with you. And I'm helping to show you that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm, I'm looking at the, your bio here, and when it says, when it describes your blog, it says, a blog dedicated to grace-filled living designed to equip and encourage mothers in the trenches. And just that statement there, I, I, I find like it's, it's so like packed with information about who you're targeting, how you're trying to help them, what they're struggling with, and the grace-filled living concept that you just spoke about there. So I think that's so powerful. Okay, so you you, you decide to start this blog, you, you get going, you start creating the content, but quite frankly, you don't got no money to invest <laughs> in this blogging thing. How do you even get it going? You're absolutely right, Leslie. I had zero money to invest. So, you know, all of the experts say, and I would agree with them, if at all possible, you need to start on a WordPress.org site. You need to have it professionally designed. You need to have good hosting. But I know some of your listeners cannot do that, and I know they can't because I couldn't. So I started with a blogger site. Mm. Um, Now, at the time what I was reading was that you couldn't monetize a wordpress.com site. I think that you actually can now, but what I recommend to your listeners who have zero money to invest, who say, I don't even have money for a domain name. I was there, but you do need to start on some kind of blogging platform that will allow you to monetize. Otherwise you're not going to make any money to then be able to invest into your site. So, I started at thehumbledhomemaker.blogspot.com. And when we got to the point where we felt like we had $10 at the time (laughs) to buy my domain name, thehumbledhomemaker.com, we did that. And then um, about a year after I started, I was able to transition to the WordPress.org site. So your listeners might be saying, okay, this is great, but it is not what the experts are saying. They're saying start on WordPress.org, but maybe they're saying we understand needing to monetize. Um, what I would say is monetize, start your blog, start creating content, but with the intention of as soon as possible, I'm going to transfer to a WordPress.org site. So try to set everything up from the beginning to be able to make that transfer. That's not something I did. Leslie, I had such a lack of self-confidence. I had this big dream. I was afraid to even utter. So I started on Blogger, but I, I wasn't thinking I would ever be able to transfer to <laughs> WordPress.org. I'm telling your listeners, it is, it is a huge reality. 
that you're going to be able to do that. But you can start free, even though the experts say not to. If you don't have money to invest, do it. Just start somewhere and start free as long as it's somewhere where you can monetize. I absolutely love that. And I, I 100% agree. I am one of those people that say, hey, if you can get a self-hosted WordPress site, that is the best platform to start with. But if you, if you don't have the money to do that, it's much better to start than to just wait until hopefully you get the money at some point. So you did that. You said, I'm just going to get started. And you started the humble mo uh, humble dot blogspot.com or whatever the URL was, and you got going. Then you started creating content. How did you actually start to grow that audience in the early days? So in the early days, and, and they still exist, although they're not quite as popular, link-ups on other blogs were really popular. So I was doing my research, and I had read about how this was a good way to get traffic. And one of the blogs I read was doing like a weekly meal planning link-up. So every Monday, I would go, and I would link my blog, my weekly meal plan to her blog. What is really interesting, and I'm, I'm a Christian, Leslie, and I can see God's hand in this. I had been doing that for a month or so, and I got a random email one day from another blogger. And she said, hi, you know, my name is Nikki, and Mindy and I are two bloggers who saw your blog in a link up. We are interested in starting a small mastermind group. Would you hmm. be interested and pray about joining us? So I was filled with excitement because this blogging world, as you well know, it can be lonely. It's oh, crowded, yeah. but it's lonely. And then you, you can see on the other side after doing it for years, some of my dearest friends I've met through blogging. But in the beginning, it's very lonely. So I was so excited about this. And the three of us began. And then we intentionally sought out three or four other ladies to be in a mastermind group with us. A small group of bloggers. We were all in a similar niche. We were all in the same stage of blogging. We had started blogging uh, that year and we formed this group with the intention of helping each other grow. So we began guest posting on each other's sites, writing joint series together, um, spreading the word about our sites together on social media. And that was hugely integral and in growing my blog from the beginning. That You know, that is so significant. Now, uh, let me ask two questions. One, slightly before this whole mastermind thing, but you, you said that you did this weekly link up where they link to your meal plans. Um, were you doing weekly meal plans before you found out about the link up or did you start when you find, found out about the link up? That's a really good question. I started when I found out about the link up. I knew it. I, okay, I just had, I had to pull that out really <laughs> quick. So this wasn't something that you were doing, but you realized that there was a way for you to get some traffic by doing this because they were doing these link ups. So you kind of altered your content creation schedule or however you were doing it at the time so that you could take advantage of that traffic source. I did. And it was one of those things, Leslie, and I encourage people to, to think that way as long as it fits into their niche and their avatar. At the time, I wasn't thinking all of that. You know, I didn't even know like what an <laughs> avatar was. But um, meal planning is something that obviously homemakers struggle with. They want to have tips for. So it did fit in with my niche. But it wasn't something I was doing until I saw that. I thought, oh, that would be a neat idea. That's a way to get traffic to my blog. I've joined other link ups that, you know, you could uh, 
maybe post a recipe and link it up somewhere. And there were different uh, themes that I found. And so I did tailor my early content around a lot of those link ups to be able to grow my traffic that way. Um, I wasn't expecting it to lead to those friendships, though that would become that mastermind group. And that was an unexpected blessing. And um, something else I did very early on, and it was on that very same blog, I began guest posting. Mm. And that was another way for me to form relationships with the the blogger who was the, um, the blog owner where I guest posted and also other bloggers who would read those guest posts. You keep saying this, this word, this, this relationship word. And I love the fact that you keep <laughs> saying it because you, you formed relationships with the people in this mastermind group. You form relationships with these other bloggers in your niche and relationships aren't necessarily things that cost money. They do mm -hmm. cause for you to invest time and you started investing your time in these relationships. Let's talk a little bit more about this mastermind group because I've been a part of a mastermind group for a while now. I don't even know how many years. And I found that this has been so crucial to me growing my blog. And it sounds like the same thing has been the case for you, but you did it in a very interesting way because you guys were also very much involved in sharing each other's content. Mm -hmm. Now, were these all bloggers in the same niche? We were in a similar niche. We were all like Christian homemaking type blogs. At the time, you know, the thing that I honestly, I hate it about the blogging world right now. <laughs> and I know it's kind of a necessary evil with, with business, but I've seen where things have become so competitive. Mm. And in the old days, at least with uh, the people that, I had relationships with, it wasn't so much competition, but camaraderie. Mm. So we all had that common purpose of reaching people with our messages. But here's the thing, Leslie, and I, I'm sure you know this, we may have a similar message, but we all have our own unique stories. Exactly. So when we bring our unique story to the table with that message, people can read about meal planning on my blog, and they're going to gain something from that. And then I can link to somebody else's blog who has a little twist on meal planning. Their story's different. They might have something unique. So I can share her content and grow her blog while sharing my content and growing mine and not feel threatened by her. And what's interesting about that as well is how, how many people were in that mastermind group? There were about seven, I think. Okay, about seven in a mastermind group. And even today in... In whatever space you're in, yes, there may be a lot of competition or in ter terms of that competitive mindset, but I'm sure you can network and connect with people and find th that right group of seven or five or whatever that have that kind of same drive and same motivation to help each other succeed. Exactly. And it's one of those things that it's out there. A question I've gotten a lot when I've told my story is, but what if nobody f approaches me? Because, you know, my story is people approach me. Mm -hmm. You have to go out there and approach people yourself. You have to be willing to start it yourself. You can't be shy. And, you know, it's it's online. So you kind of automatically remove that, uh, you know, face-to-face -face no. The worst thing I could tell you is no. And I've started other mastermind groups since. I'm in several right now that kind of have to go with the different parts of my business. So I would tell people, you have to be willing to take some initiative and go out and start a mastermind on your own. It's free. 
So I'm, you I'm, can do it. I'm curious about where those uh, bloggers were in terms of traffic in comparison to you. I don't need specific numbers, but were they kind of at the similar a similar level to you? Where some of them, you know, had significantly more traffic than you, and some significantly less. Where were where were the members of this group at? At the time when we started, we were all pretty similar in traffic. I think there was one lady who had been going about a year longer than we had, but she was stu- she was new to monetizing her site. Mm. So even though she had more traffic, she was where we were with monetization. And so we were all in a very similar stage. And, and w- in terms of the sharing each other's content, was there a structure to that? Was it very casual? Just share whatever you want whenever you were? How did you guys do that? So I've been in mastermind groups that have done it both ways, but that original mastermind group, we were very intentional about growing. So we would have, we did a lot of joint series where we would, you know, I would write a soup recipe and then in my soup recipe, I would link to, uh, you know, the other six ladies and say, and today Leanne has this soup recipe on her blog and, you know, Anne has this. So that wasn't even on social media. That was just in our blog. You know, in today's time, I would tell people you can do that with your email list. You know, when you Mm. have a weekly newsletter, you can share your mastermind groups post, you know, maybe not all of them, but some of them in your newsletter. Um, But we would have intentional sharing threads for sharing things on Facebook. You know, I'm in other groups now and some of them aren't quite as intentional, but we are very supportive and we're friends. And so, for example, if I have a post that I really want to get some eyeballs on, I will post it in that group and say, hey, ladies, I would love to get some extra traffic to this. Will you guys share it or at least, you know, like it, let's, you know, beat those Facebook algorithms or whatnot. (laughs) And they'll, you know, they'll do it for me. So it can work many different ways. But in the beginning, when we had zero, when I had zero money to invest and, you know, this was a free way to grow and we were all in that same season of we want to grow and we're going to DIY it. Um, we were very intentional about it. Awesome. This is this is great. OK, so what else did you do to, to kind of grow that blog? So. Once I was in that group and had begun to form relationships with other people through the mastermind group and then also through guest posting, guest posting was huge, Mm -hmm. I began to barter with people in order to get some of those things that I couldn't afford. So, for example, there was one gal in the group who she was very skilled at design and she was very techie. And she, after she'd been blogging a while, she realized, you know, I don't know that I really want to do full-time blogging. I might want to be a blog designer. For me, I was um, more skilled at words with writing and editing. And she decided that she wanted to write an ebook, but she also wanted to um, design blogs. So I volunteered to edit her ebook, and she volunteered to do a blogger to WordPress transfer and then design my first WordPress site for me. I love that. Continue. So we partnered together and we bartered for things. So I would say two things. I would say um, after I began that mastermind group or after, you know, I was part of the three that began it, um, just guest posting, guest posting anywhere and everywhere that I could that was within my niche that had a larger platform than I did and then bartering with people. Love it. Okay. So 
you did some link ups, you did some guest posting, you joined a mastermind group, you guys were all involved in sharing each other's stuff. Um, at a certain point, you wanted to get some other things done for your blog and you bartered, you did stuff for them and they did stuff for you and so on. I want to if I want to move on to the monetization aspect, but is there anything else we missed when it comes to traffic before we move on to that? I don't think so with traffic. You know, okay. back then guest posting and you know, I started the Facebook page pretty early. When I started Pinterest wasn't around. So when Pinterest came on the scene for bloggers. Obviously, I started Pinterest. Um, I still, to this day, have not done a whole lot with Twitter. I have Instagram, but it's more for building relationships. So in the very beginning, it was really Facebook, guest posting, um, networking with that small group that um, really grew the traffic. If I could say one more thing about bartering and networking, though, I know uh, you encourage your listeners to attend blogging conferences. Mm -hmm. They're so important. But back then, in 2011, I couldn't afford a blogging conference. But by 2012, I had learned how I could barter to, to, to get things that I needed or wanted for my blog. And so by 2012, I was able to attend my first conference by bartering with several companies who sponsored me to attend conferences. I blogged about their um, product, and they sent me to the conference. Oh, I love that. Okay, so... <laughs> This is this is awesome because everything you're talking about comes back to this whole relationship thing. Now we're talking mm -hmm. about relationships with companies and you bartered with them, you created content, you do, did different things, and you were able to attend these conferences without paying for it. Exactly. I love that. So if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking about all of the things that I recommend for you to do but you can't afford to do it or whatever the case might be, just... Think from a different perspective. Think, what skills do I have? How can I barter with these individuals or with these companies where you provide value to them and exchange you get so much value in return? I love that you did that. This is, this is great. Okay, how long were you blogging before you started seeing... You know, actually, let's talk a little bit about... Because we're talking about how you got the traffic. But what did traffic look like for you back then? Are we talking about, you know, you have hundreds of people visiting your site, thousands of people back then? How, how, how was the growth? You know, I think... We started our mastermind group. I started my blog in January of 2011, but under the table. I was very quiet until about May, June. So I would say late summer, maybe July, August is when we started that mastermind group. And I can remember at the time, I think I was getting maybe 25,000, 30,000 page views a month at that time. Um, I, you know, I don't think I even really knew if that was good or that was bad. I would tell listeners today, there are so many things you can do today to grow your traffic even faster. You know, like I said, Pinterest didn't even exist back then. But if you do grow slowly because you don't have money to invest in, you know, the big um, blogging courses or the very nicely designed website, don't despair. It goes back to the old story, you know, about the, the tortoise and the hare. Slow mm. and steady wins the race. Yep. So if you're listening and you're saying, oh, but Leslie had someone on his podcast last week and, you know, within two months, you know, he had 100,000 page views a month and, you know, 
you may have listened to that and I hope you gain encouragement from those people, but also realize that if you are in a very desperate financial situation, don't go take out a loan. Look at my story and realize, wow, I can actually do this. It may take longer than my friend, but I can do this. I love this. I love this. Okay. So when, at what point did you actually start making some money with this blog? So I would say it was the first year, but it was very slowly, a few dollars here and there. And I, I really worked first on building up the readership. Now, I would say nowadays, do your research, start monetizing from day one. One of the ways I first started making money, though, Leslie, when my blog wasn't making a lot of money per se itself, was that I started some related money-making ventures. And what I mean by that is that I ended up uh, quitting my outside tutoring and homeschool teaching job. I still wrote for the newspaper, which is kind of related. It's writing. But I started editing for other bloggers. Mm. I was I was an editor for another blogger who had a large contributor site. So I was able to keep up doing my blog. And I learned... By, in that job, she was using WordPress, which I wasn't using yet. So she paid me to edit blog posts on her site. So I was able to make some money that way and also learn the WordPress platform at the same time. I also edited eBooks. So I put that as a service out there for other bloggers that I had met through building those relationships. So I made money that way. And I did try to VA for another blogger and she and I still have an awesome relationship. She probably should have fired me, but <laughs> I, I quit because I learned pretty quickly on that that didn't really fit my personality very well. Um, I'm not naturally super organized. And, you know, sometimes it takes that trial and error to see what aspects of these stay at home businesses, you know, do fit your personality. But those were three things that I did. Edited eBooks, edited for a large contributor site and I VA'd. So, you know, I would tell your listeners who are dreaming about having a blog be their money-making baby, you know, who really can support their families you may have to find some related money-making ventures when you're first starting out that you can use that money to help grow your blog, especially if you don't have any money to invest. But pretty soon on, some of my first ways to actually monetize the site was that I got some private sponsors. Back then, that was more popular than it is now. I rarely work with private sponsors now. But back then, I have private sponsors who I just approached companies that I had used their products or um, I saw sponsors on other blogs that I thought, well, they sponsor blogs. Maybe they'll sponsor my blog. And I just sent them an email and I said, are you interested in sponsoring my blog? This is my readership. This is what my traffic looks like. These are my stats. So I started out with some private sponsors who bought uh, sidebar ads or sponsored posts. Um, I got Google AdSense, which is so funny. Leslie, I'm so not techie. One of my friends from that mastermind group, her husband is actually the one that installed Google AdSense for me because I had no idea how to do it. <laughs> Once I had enough traffic to get AdThrive, this was a few years later, AdThrive wasn't even in existence back then. It is a um, ad network where you actually can make a lot more money than them just with Google AdSense. I eventually got that. But at the time, I started with private sponsors, Google AdSense, and a little bit of affiliate marketing. 
I also, within that first, I think it was the first year or the second year, I wrote a an ebook with other bloggers. Several of them were fr- from that first mastermind group. We wrote an ebook together called Real Food, Real Easy. And it was one of those things where none of us really felt the confidence, I think, to write an ebook on our own. So we wrote like a joint recipe book together and we began selling that. So, okay, one of the things that you said earlier on is that blogging can be a very isolated thing. You know, you're, yeah, I, I'm, right now I'm in my basement. Yes, I'm talking to you. But when I get off the phone, I'm just going to get back to work right here in my basement all alone and all that good stuff. But what I'm, <laughs> you know, I've, I've said this a few times in this interview, but first you started finding some money-making ventures outside, and that took relationships with other bloggers. You started getting private sponsors, and that took relationships with companies that you approached. Um, you, you, you started establishing relationships with an ad network. You did some affiliate marketing, which was promoting other people's products. So that takes some level of relationships. You wrote an ebook with other bloggers, relationships, relationships, rel- relationships, everything, (laughs) everything is, it seems like everything can come back down to relationships. And I think that's such a powerful lesson for us all to learn. If you are trying to do this thing, whether you have money to invest or you don't, and you want to grow, don't try to grow as an island. No man is an island. These relationships can help you take things to the next level. Absolutely, Leslie. And that again, it has been, it's been one of the most fruitful parts of this whole blogging journey. And it's been one of the most surprising parts. I would have never told you, I'm going to make some of my dearest friends online, and they're going to come visit me and my family once a year. (laughs) And we're, you know, we had some friends, we were um, renting a two bedroom townhouse during the time I started my blog. And um, it was actually the same man that installed my ad sets. He's a financial advisor. And when we were really struggling, his wife said, can we come visit y'all? And like, my husband can help you guys go through your finances. They literally drove two hours. These people I met online through blogging and slept on an air mattress in our living room and helped us figure out our financial situation. So some of my dearest friends have come through that. And, you know, one of the things now, back again, back in the day, could have never have afforded this. But now that we have more income, we get together with other blogging families once a year as a family. Wow. So my husband and I and um, several other families, husband and wife, and all of the kids get together. We hire a couple of nannies who watch the kids and we mastermind in person. I love it. I, I love it. Uh, a few more questions before we wrap things up here. Um, email, how, how big of a role has that played for you? Was that significant, not so significant? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So what's really funny, Leslie, and I know you've been blogging longer than I have, so I don't know if you can remember this or not, but, you know, back in the day, I'm sure you remember this, everything was RSS feed. Oh, yeah. And so when I started blogging, I didn't have an email list. I just had that RSS feed that everybody got the um, the blog that way. Let's fast forward to fall 2012. And, and just really so, just really quick before you move on in terms of people okay. subscribing to your RSS feed, because somebody may not understand what that is. Once you have okay. a blog, you have an RSS feed and people can subscribe to that feed or they can add you to a feed reader so that the content gets delivered to them either via email or 
via the, the, the programs that they're using to read these feeds. So it, they can get your content where they are, but it's just automa automatic. It's not you sending out an email manually. So, okay, so with that out of the way, let's continue. Okay, so um, I participated in fall 2012. So this is about a year and a half after I had started my blog in a, um, a sale, like an affiliate marketing sale. And people were starting to do really well with this affiliate um, promotion. And those of us that were affiliates, we started emailing back and forth about what we were doing that was working. Normally, you would do this within a Facebook group. Yeah. For, for this particular campaign, everybody was just emailing for some reason. So somebody in that email thread got the great idea, I'm going to download my RSS feed burner um, email file. Back then, they had where you could have people could follow by RSS, but people could also follow with FeedBurner, and actually, you could get their email addresses. But people weren't building email lists so much back then, and if they were, they had just started really. So somebody said, "I did this, and I sold a bunch that way." So all of the rest of us started going into FeedBurner and downloading our all the emails. Well, at the time, I was using Gmail, and this is so funny. So Gmail kept shutting me down because there were too many emails that were, I was sending out at one time. And so I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm getting sales. You know, this is really working. This whole email thing is working. And all I did was, like, literally download that email list and then copy and paste them into Gmail. But Gmail kept shutting me down. So I quickly figured out, okay, I need to get something. So I either got mail, I think I got MailChimp, which mm -hmm. I quickly transferred from that to Mad Mimi because it just works better with the way my brain works. Yep. But I got MailChimp and I realized that I could upload those email addresses into there. Nowadays, we all know that email is, is your number one commodity, you know, and I've seen it time and time again. Anytime I'm doing any kind of affiliate promotion or my own product, if I send an email, I get sales way faster and I can trace it to that's where a lot of my sales are coming from. So even though when I started, it wasn't a big deal, um, we quickly learned that it is a big deal. And I would encourage your listeners to do that. Now, how can they do that on a zero budget? MailChimp and Mad Mimi both have a free plan. I think MailChimp has more. It might be a thousand to fifteen hundred the last time I checked. Mad Mimi, I think, is only a hundred the last time I checked. Back in the day, it was more. But there are tons of email services. Right now, we're using ConvertKit. And if you read a lot of blogging blogs, you're going to hear ConvertKit, Drip, Infusionsoft, these are awesome, but they're also expensive. And if you don't have any money to invest, I would encourage you start an email list from the get-go, but go with one of those free services. And and Mailchimp's uh, free plan, you can have up to two thousand subscribers, and you can send up to twelve thousand emails per month. So you can see that you know when you're getting started, there's so much that you can do even with that free plan. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yes, indeed. Okay, let's let's wrap this up. One more question. How long did it take for you to go from zero to making a full-time income with your blog to where you decided, hey, I don't need to do all of these additional things. I can just focus on my blog. So it was about 
two years before I had replaced my husband's income, which granted he was a teacher. And so it wasn't this huge income, Mm -hmm. but it was, you know, it doubled our income because I was making more than he was. And then he was still teaching. And then it was three before I was making what you would consider a very good full-time income. We still prayed and talked a lot about him quitting his job before he did for years. We really uh, mulled over it for about three years before we took the leap for him to finally quit his job. We were kind of afraid that it was going to negatively affect our marriage for us to work at home together. (laughs) (laughs) But we finally did that in December, 2016. But I would say to your people, look at my story. I had zero to invest Yet within two years, now at the time my husband was making, you know, he was bringing home, I, I'm okay saying this, like he was bringing home um, 1800 a month, okay? Mm-hmm. So, but before taxes, it was around 30000 something. So within two years, I had that much, mm. which is nothing to sneeze at. Within three, um, it, it, we don't reveal our income, but it completely blew our minds that we could make that much money blogging um, within three years. Do people do it in a year? Absolutely. People do it all the time in a year. It takes a lot of hustle. Um, And it also does take some investing. So I would say uh, you can do it fast, but if you do not have money to invest, know that it's completely possible for you to make a very good full-time income. It might just take a little longer and that's okay. If you are listening to this right now and you've been thinking, I can't do it because I don't have any money to buy all these things that everyone says to buy you, hopefully your eyes have been opened right now to see what is absolutely possible. And I want to thank you, Erin, for coming on here and sharing your story. This is so awesome. But I don't want to stop there. You have a book that just came out on September 5, more than just making it. Can you tell us about that book? Absolutely, Leslie. Thank you. So more than just making it, hope for the financially frustrated. It's part memoir and part practical how-to on how our family climbed out of a low income during and in the aftermath of the recession. It The first part of the book kind of reads like a novel. It tells our story. It's full of heart, but it also talks very integral about how we um, made it out was creating more income. So I talk about how I created the blog, and then I also talk about knowing your personality and your passions and your gifts and how you can take those things and turn them into income for your family. So I'm going to say if you were inspired by this interview, get the book because you're probably going to get even more inspiration from there, more practical how-to and all that stuff. I'm I'm excited. Um, Erin, thank you so much for coming on here and delivering so much value. Thank you so much for having me, Leslie. Have an awesome day. You're very much welcome and same to you. You can check it out at morethanjustmakingit.com. But of course, that and everything else we covered here will be available in the show notes. So head on over to becomeablogger.com slash 307. This is episode 307, so just check it out. If you didn't take notes, no problem. It'll all be there. If you couldn't remember that link more than just making it, don't worry. It's going to be there as well. 
man, I hope you got value from that. I know you got value from that. Hey, if you want to take your blogging business to the next level, you want to get some coaching, I want to invite you to check out my Become a Blogger Coaching Club. Head on over to bloggercoaching.com. That's bloggercoaching.com. And when you register there, you're going to get all my courses and on building a blogging business. You're going to get into a, a, a live group calls with me every other week. You're going to get access to our private Facebook group and much more. Once again, bloggercoaching.com. Head on over there. Let's get this party started. But that's pretty much it for now. This is Leslie Summer here from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. Three, four.